It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Hello? Is anybody here? All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to keep it spooky, scary with all the Halloween fun, you tuned in to another Halloween edition as we continue with our month-long not-so-scary Halloween editions here at the show. And with us here this week to help keep it spooky, help keep it scary, help to conjure up some witches, we have the one and only Ernie, a.k.a. Ice, a.k.a. Larry Bagby from Hocus Pocus stopping in here this week. That's right, Larry who played Ice in Hocus Pocus, Disney's cult classic, is going to be stopping in and chatting with us about what it's like to be part of a cult Disney classic film, his upcoming career, his current music career, and all the different things that he's done from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Walk the Line, and Hocus Pocus. In addition, we have the D-Team back. Yes, we have Tony. Lexi and Jason back with all of their signature segments with Disney by the numbers, a look into Larry Bagby's history and career, and a look into a Blu-ray and DVD that's going to keep it spooky for the Halloween season. We have all kinds of Disney news and all kinds of fun things to wrap up this week's show. So as we have a very long Halloween edition show planned for you this week, I will stop my rambling, I'll stop my talking, and you can dim the lights, pull up your covers, don't light any black flame candles, and kick back for another Halloween edition of Disney On Demand. I'll be right back, all you D-heads. <laughs> Welcome to Diller's Midnight Manor. I'm your ghost host. It's a sort of a Moon City retirement home for worn-out witches, ghosts, goblins, and similar death-of-the-party types, where every night is Halloween! But before we go inside, let me show you around the ground. Watch the gate, Clyde. As you can see, our security patrol keeps an eye on the grounds. And our pet birds keep an eye on the security patrol. Now watch your step. We just poured some new quicksand. Here are complete recreational facilities for our physical fitness program. Think our house jazz group. Right on, fellas. Our retirement plan is the living end. <laughs> well, so much for the grounds. Come on, let's go inside. Uh-oh. I forgot my key. But wait, just a minute. Well, don't just stand there. Come on in. So 
This is the spell book of Winifred Sanderson. It was given to her by the devil himself. The book is bound in human skin and contains the recipes for her most powerful and evil spells. I get the picture. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's the black flame candle. <laughs> black flame candle. Made from the fat of a hangman. <laughs> Legend says that on a full moon it will raise the spirits of the dead when lit by a virgin on Halloween night. Hmm. So let's light the sucker and meet the old broads. And do the honors? No, thanks. Stupid cat! Okay, Max. You've had your fun. It's time to go. Come on, Allison. Max, she's right. Let's go. Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Max, I'm not kidding this time. It's time to go. This is Ken Page, and I'm the voice of Oogie Boogie. And I want you to know you're listening to Disney On Demand. Ooh. Midnight. I've got a trick for Mickey Mouse. Sorry, Minnie, but we don't want to be dull villains on Halloween. Okay, everybody. Now it's time for a change of pace. Lights out. Huh? Right you are, Mickey. It's Halloween, you know, and with just the right touch. This could be quite the place. Full of Hanging out, killing time, where everyone's a friend of mine. Inside this evil joint, every guest gets to the point. This day will live in infamy. House of Mouse is history. Forget your troubles, put your trust in me. You had your fun. You played your play. But every roll in the day. All 
Alright all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again. I hope you enjoyed the kickoff of our second installment of our not-so-scary Halloween editions here at Disney On Demand. I hope you enjoyed last week's show. We've gotten fantastic feedback about Ken Page, the one and only Oogie Boogie on show number 22. Fantastic feedback about the entire show, and I hope we can bring you a little bit of Halloween fun here at Disney On Demand. And coming up very soon, we have the one and only Larry Bagby stopping in here at Disney On Demand. I'm super excited. I love Hocus Pocus. I've watched that film for many years. I loved Walk the Line. Big Johnny Cash fan here, and Walk the Line was fantastic, and I'm just excited to hear from Larry very shortly here in our Halloween editions here at Disney On Demand. So as we're pushing forward, you may have noticed that the Halloween shows are a bit longer than our normal Disney On Demand shows. That's just because we want to bring a little bit of holiday fun to all of you D-heads out there. We want to keep it fun, fresh, and just give you a little bit of Halloween scare in there. So I hope you're enjoying the longer shows. So with that, let me just jump right into a little bit of news here this week. And since we're talking about Halloween and all things scary... How about Toy Story? Yes, I'm not talking about Toy Story 1, where the creepy toys are climbing out of the sandbox. We're talking about the all-new Toy Story of Terror Halloween special coming to TV for Halloween 2013. Yes, you heard me correct. Now, even though Toy Story 3 has ended the entire franchise, they're officially handed off from Andy and off into a new world, that has not stopped Pixar and the Toy Story team from having a variety of adventures pre-Toy Story 3. And one of those is going to be coming next year for Halloween for 2013 with the Toy Story of Terror. Now, this is all new that is going to be coming, and unlike many of the Shrek and DreamWorks pictures for Halloween specials and taking a take of Simpsons, how they have their Treehouse of Horror specials, where it's an anthology of short stories and whatnot, this one is going to be a little bit different. They're going to take the toys of Toy Story into a pseudo-murder mystery. Now, the toys are going to be stopping at a mysterious roadside motel, and the characters are going to start disappearing one by one, and the survivors must figure out what the heck is going on. And before they're all gone, Hopefully, they'll find out who did it and where they're all going. Now, this is going to be all new and put Toy Story figures into the holiday realm. Now, up until date, they've already had a variety of different shorts and features and things like that. Well, they have yet to do a holiday special. And might I add, holiday specials have been lacking in the last couple of years, and they're just not as good as they used to be when I was a child. And I've been trying to find fantastic things to pass on to my children And this one is going to do it. And for Halloween, nonetheless, I mean, this is awesome. And the Toy Story of Terror is going to be taking place with a little bit of a psycho, vacancy, shining, motel, hell, and eaten alive feel to it. So there's going to be a lot of great things with this. And we can only imagine that the entire cast is going to return since all the cast, including Tom Hanks, John Ratzenberger, who we spoke with on show number 21, and many others, they have returned for their roles every single time the Toy Story team has gotten together. Let's just hope that this one's going to happen as well. And this is going to be hitting the small screen Halloween 2013. Now, as we continue on with some Halloween spooky news, you know, one of those is the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. Now, one can only imagine that all the kids out there are looking forward for some great TV specials, and right now, it is the spookiest time of year. That's right, when everybody is celebrating Halloween, all the things that go bump in the night, all the spooky, scary skeletons, and Disney Channel, once again, is kicking off their Monstober. Yes, all month long, they're going to be doing Monstober, much like us here at Disney On Demand, doing a month-long Halloween celebration. And this month, they're going to have a variety of Halloween-themed episodes, movies, games, and new series premieres beginning this month. Now, so far, they have a variety of different things that are coming, including the last two-season premieres of Jesse and Austin and Allie, 
all being Halloween-themed, the premiere of the all-new Disney Channel movie Girl vs. Monster, which we talked about last week here at the show, and I'm going to talk about shortly again once more in a couple of minutes, and the return of mutants in Ant Farm. They're going to have the fiendish, crazy trick-or-treating adventure in one of my favorite Disney Channel shows, Gravity Falls. I love that show. It is fantastic. They're also going to have Baby Toby's first Halloween in Good Luck Charlie, and you might remember that they have officially added a new baby to that sitcom, if you had a chance, and this is going to be Baby Toby's first Halloween, and they're going to have a creepy doll in Fishhooks, a marathon of My Babysitter's a Vampire, and a variety of fan favorites, including Hocus Pocus, who relates back to our guest here this week, Twitches, Monsters, Inc., and many more. And this is going to be taking place all month long on the Disney Channel, and they're going to have a variety of fantastic things just to keep it scary. Now, mind you, if you miss one episode or if you miss some spooky things that are happening, don't worry, it's Disney Channel. They play it many, many times. So definitely check your TV listings, check it out, a lot of fun things in there, especially the Halloween movies, even though they are made for TV and kind of cheesy. Like I said last week, it's no different than Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, and all those fun things. I love them all. If it adds to the Halloween cheer, I'm going to be all about it. So check it out. Monstober is here on the Disney Channel. Now, since we are speaking of Disney Channel news, Disney Channel has officially signed on for a third season of its top-rated sitcom, Shake It Up. That's right. The all-new season of Shake It Up is going to be debuting October 14th in the third season of the dance-driven comedy, Shake It Up is the number one live-action TV series in its time slot to date among kids 2 to 11 years old and kids 6 to 11, and it's going to premiere on Sunday, October 14th for their third season. Now, this is top-rated, beating out any other children's programming in its time slot. Now, that is a feat. Now, you may remember back uh, you know, back in the day on Disney Channel, even a couple of years ago, when they had That's So Raven and even, even Stevens, when they were always knocking out the competition, you had Lizzie McGuire, and now they've hit that once again with Shake It Up. So congratulations to Disney Channel, and that's going to be kicking off coming up October 14th, so definitely tune in for that. Now, you may be wondering, why am I not talking too much about the parks? Well, as I always mention, there are fantastic podcasts out there about the parks, and you're going to find a lot of information about the parks all over the website. I mean, just recently it said, hey, the new Mad Hatter playground has opened at the Grand Floridian Resort. We mentioned that last week here at Disney On Demand, but you may have noticed the just fluctuation of tons and tons of Twitter feed where now everybody is posting it as of today and it is everywhere. So it's the kind of thing where if you want park news, you are going to find it. So there's great podcasts out there. Definitely tune in. I always mention a few of them. There's WW Radio, Be Our Guest Podcast, Inside Magic, Mice Chat, a lot of great ones out there. So definitely spread the word because I believe that we are one Disney family, one Disney community, and we should all just be, you know, in it together as one big Disney family. So definitely tune into them and always come back and listen to us too. So listen to everybody, embrace it all, and get your Disney fix. Since I did talk about Disney news, how about something that's a little bit different in Disney news? And let's talk about Lynx cutting the bus line that is going to be happening at the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, Lynx is preparing to cut bus routes serving Walt Disney World that is used by some of the giant resorts, employees, and visitors. Now, this move comes after Disney declined to continue funding for the route itself and Florida Governor Rick Scott, who blocked the request to have the state subsidize it. Now, buses currently run every half hour on the route, which is known as Link 111, and extends from Orlando International Airport to Walt Disney World Resort. It includes stops at the Florida Mall, International Drive, as well as several Disney's properties. Now, under Link's new plan, buses are going to run every hour and would only run 
from the airport to SeaWorld Orlando with a stop at the Florida Mall. Now, the current route costs $2.5 million a year to operate and generates only about $30,000 in fares. Approximately 564,000 riders used Link 111 last year, with about 113,000 of them, or 20% of them, driving from iDrive to Walt Disney World. By contrast, they said they're going to save this money and have it only going to SeaWorld. Now, this is going to pose a lot of problems for people that work at the Walt Disney World Resort, as well as many visitors that like to use this as well. Now, riders who still use the Disney leg of the route say it is a valuable service and it is the best way to get to work, conserve energy, and also with the current gas prices. Now, the changes aren't in stone yet, and it may change its mind, but let's see what happens in here. But this is a little bit of Disney news that is going to just damper a little bit of the florida transportation to get to walt disney world if you don't want to pay a taxi you don't have a rental car you don't want to use any other means this is really going to pose that problem so it's in the works nothing set in stone but it is down the pipeline so i'm pushing along with disney news frankenweenie now everybody knows the 1984 tim burton classic frankenweenie and it is synonymous with being the film that got Tim Burton fired or got him away from Disney or who knows what. It is synonymous. It's a dark story that everybody has told and whatnot. And now it has come full circle and Disney is officially released 30 years later, Frankenweenie, the full-length feature film. I had a chance to catch it this weekend with my children. It was fantastic. I loved it. If you caught all the nuances in Frankenweenie, uh, you know, for Frankenstein, it was awesome. I love all the characters' names and the ending and the extension of it, of the original short, was brilliant. I love what they did with it. It is definitely a homage to classic movie monsters and characters. And might I add, my children just loved it. I mean, even though it was in black and white, which I thought was awesome, awesome tribute, awesome call on Tim Burton's part. You know, I did hear some kids complaining in the theaters. Not my kids. My kids said it was spooky and scary, and they loved it. Now, the Frankenweenie 2.0, as they're putting it, or the sequel, or the live-action adaption, or whatnot, it has officially come full circle. Disney has released it, and the film is fantastic. Being done in stop-motion animation, black and white, I don't think 3D really plays a big part in the transfer of it, much like Alice in Wonderland. It really didn't do much for the film, but the film itself is awesome it is well it's heartwarming it is definitely heartfelt um it definitely flushes out a lot better story in terms of frankenweenie why he's creating this uh you know frankenstein dog the backstory with his parents the teacher and especially the climactic ending instead of just frankenweenie setting terror like in the 1984 classic this one is slightly different i'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't had a chance to see it i will say definitely check it out it is one that is heartfelt it's warm and you know seriously for anybody who has a pet a dog or you name it and you've always felt close to them you will feel it in frankenweenie fantastic film if you have actually seen frankenweenie definitely shoot us a you know an email tell us your your thoughts on it or call the magical memories hotline call in your review of frankenweenie you can find that number on our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio Com. So definitely call it in and get it out. You know, we'll play it here on the show and let everybody know what you thought of Tim Burton's Frankenweenie or all your thoughts, whether it's about Monstober, Halloween, Walt Disney World, or just a shout out to the show. Definitely call it in, get it into us, and we'll play it here on Disney On Demand. So all of you D-heads, with all my rambling and such a long show and the one and only ice waiting in the wings... I'm going to just wrap it up shortly for a little bit. we got some crazy music here to keep all the Halloween fun in the wings, all the spooky scariness to go along with it. And we have Tony from Disney by the Numbers, our D-team member, who's going to be stopping in with the top five things you didn't know about Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. 
So all of you D-heads, pull up the covers, dim the lights, and get ready. Because I'll be back shortly with my super scary voice. Talk to you soon, D-heads. One eats candied apples like Gaston. No, Gaston, don't! And now no one needs a wake-up kiss like Gaston. <sighs> Look at these fools. It's so happily ever after in this place. Ooh, but it's true love. Mortals. You said it, boss! Stupid, stupid mortals! And their stupid, lovey-dovey smiles. Haji Baba, who is that? You fools! I commanded you to wait at the castle. Away with you! Now there's a goal for me. We even have the same management style. Name, hello, name, give me a name, come on. She is Maleficent, mistress of all evil. Maleficent. A name to warm my soul. You know, if I had one. Don't save my seat, boys. Daddy's gone according. Evening, dark and deadly. Hello, this is Haley Mills, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hey, D-Heads. 
This is Tony Castanova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com with this week's Top 5 Things You Did Not Know About the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, the Walt Disney World version. Number 5. 23 Miles of Parade Route. That's how far the Mickey's Blue to You Halloween Parade will travel over the course of the Halloween season. Number 4. 190 individually themed carved pumpkins adorn the balconies and windows sills of the Main Street USA. Number 3. 175 people are needed for the Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade, which includes the performers, float drivers, costumers, cosmetologists, decorators, and maintenance cast members that bring the parade to you every night. Number 2. 215 tons of candy will be handed out during the 23 nights of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And the number one thing you did not know about the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is... 23,100 feet of cable is installed for all the special lighting and sound effects that are part of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party each and every night. Thanks, and we'll see you in the parks. What happened to Ichabod Crane? Where did the fellow go? <laughs> what happened to Ichabod Crane? Who carried off Ichabod Crane? It wasn't ghosts, oh no. <laughs> what happened to Ichabod Crane? It was the headless horseman, one midnight dark and black, who frightened him away from here, and he's never coming back. What happened to Ichabod Crane? I'll tell you how I know. <laughs> what happened to Ichabod Crane? It was the headless horseman, but I'm not scared, you see, because the headless horseman was really only me. Who carried off Ichabod Crane? It wasn't ghosts, oh no. <laughs> it was really only me. It was really only me. desire to fly through the air has inspired some of the most exciting scenes in the movies. Action! Get my focus. Then come find us. We'll be ready for them. Get moving! Down that hole! Hollywood owes its aerial exploits to the gravity-defying skills of the special effects wizards. Cut. Creating images of flight for motion pictures requires the combined talents of many highly specialized individuals. Mostly, mostly what, what I need from Terry is to be able to rotate 
and to, to pitch like yeah. this. And Today, we'll take an inside look at the Disney film Hocus Pocus and see how Bette Midler and her fellow witches are kept airborne for scenes of breathtaking broomstick aerobatics. So climb aboard and don't look down. Join us as we take to the sky with the masters of cinematic flight on Movie Magic. Ghoulies, creatures of fright, we summon you now to dance through the night. Alright, D-Head, so I'm back once again, and I hope you enjoyed that little bit of a break, and thank you once again to our D-Team member, Tony, for stopping in with the top five things you didn't know about. Now, if you want to check out more stats and more about, you know, Disney, behind the scenes, all the numbers and whatnot, check out Tony's official website at DisneyByTheNumbers.com, and also check out their iPhone app. It is fantastic, and it'll give you all kinds of great information about Disney with the nuts and bolts within the Disney company. So thank you, Tony, once again for stopping in with that. So, all of you D-Heads, I did mention that I had a lot more news in the wings. There's a lot more things I was going to talk about, whether it was about the Monstober, Halloween, or whatnot. But you know what? I'm just going to shove that news aside. As you heard, I just literally shoved that news aside. And you know what? We have a great Halloween show lined up for you. So, instead of hearing me ramble, we have a fantastic guest that is going to be stopping in. The lights are flashing here. We have Larry Bagby waiting on the line to talk with us here at Disney On Demand. It's going to be fantastic. So there's a lot of great things coming up in the show yet. We have our DT member, Lexi, our DT member from Down Under, with a little bit of history about the one and only Ice, Larry Bagby. And Jason is back with his Blu-ray and DVD review. So you know what, all of you D-heads? I'm just going to wrap it up by saying, you know what? It has been fun to bring all these shows to you. It is fun to sit here and chat with you and bring you a Halloween-filled edition here at Disney On Demand. All we ask is, if you like our show, drop us a line in iTunes. Please drop us a line and, you know, leave some positive feedback. It only helps the show. You can always find us in iTunes and subscribe. Just search Disney On Demand or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, and you'll find us come up right there in the iTunes feed. You can subscribe right there. Now, maybe you have a Droid or a Blackberry or something like that. You can always find us on Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. Same thing, just search Disney On Demand or Disney Blue, and you'll find our website. You can subscribe and listen right there on your phone, your iPad, or your computer. So thank you once again. Just leave that feedback for us and also call in your memories on our Magical Memory Hotline. Now you can find that number at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Call it in. Check it out. And you know you may just hear yourself here on the show and drop us a line. We are looking for D-Team members. That's right. We're looking for people to be part of the crew here 
at Disney On Demand. So if you have any ideas for a new segment or maybe you just want to write for the site or who knows what, it, we don't even know what we're looking for all the time. But if you have something that you want to bring to the show, whether it's on air, off air, just helping out with the team, Drop us a line at DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U, at A-T-T dot net. Drop us a line, and we'll get back to you. And, you know, we want to expand our team because it is one great big Disney community. It is something that we want to have everybody together with and just really embrace. Because if it's one thing where people aren't, uh, you know, at each other's throats and they're not... I don't know. It's hard to explain, but let's just say Disney community is very embracing. It's very fun and it's very magical. And we want to invite you to be part of our family as well. And finally, if you could just spread the word, let everybody know about Disney on demand, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Disney blue. And that's B L U. And you can go there and look at our ads page, share some of those photos. We have a variety of different photos in our ads gallery and our photo page. And you can just go there, share a couple of those, spread the words of Disney on demand. Thank you once again, all of you D-heads. It has been an honor to bring you these shows. And you know what? Like I said, I'm just going to end it quick. I'm not going to sit here and talk your ear off. We have Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, stopping in very shortly with a little bit of history about the one and only Larry Bagby. And next time you hear me, I'm going to be talking with the one and only Ernie, a.k.a. Ice, a.k.a. Larry Bagby. So hang right in there, all of you D-heads. And you know what? I cut it short this week for you because we have a fantastic show lined up for the rest of it. Talk with you soon, D-Heads. Hello, boys and girls. I am your read-along story reader, and today we are going to read a story about the Haunted Mansion. Do you know what a mansion is? It is a fine house that was once owned by wealthy people. In our story, for some reason, the people left home, and the house is empty. Unless, of course, some friendly ghosts happen to be there. How many ghosts do you see on the cover of our book? Did you count five? Good. Now, let's look inside our book before we read the story so that we can get acquainted with some of the other strange characters we will meet. Tinkerbell is not afraid of ghosts, and she will take us safely through the haunted mansion. She will ring her little bells like this. Whenever it is time to turn the page. Are you ready? Then when Tinkerbell rings her bells, open the book to page one.
Can we go home now? No. Let's just go this way. Danny. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Stop and pay the toll, kid. Ten chocolate bars, no licorice. Dump out your sack. Dropped it. More. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Yo, Twerp, how'd you like to be hung off that telephone pole? Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like to see you try, because it just so happens I've got my big brother with me. Max! <laughs> Hollywood! <laughs> oh, no! Oh! <laughs> You're doing a little trick-or-treating. <laughs> Ding-dong! Woo! Ah! <laughs> just taking my little sister around. Mmm, that's nice. Wow, I love the costume! Yeah! But what are you supposed to be? A new kid on the block? Wait a minute. Everybody pays the toll. Stuff it, zip face. Why you little? Hey! Ice. Here. Pig out. Come on, Daniel, let's go. Jerk. <laughs> In Hollywood, the shoes fit great. <laughs> This week's special guest is very exciting, Larry Bagby. Musician, actor, he does it all. We remember him from his role as Ice in Disney's Hocus Pocus. We are so lucky to have Larry as part of our month-long Halloween celebration. Released in 1993, the film grossed almost $40 million, although it became more popular over the years and is now a Disney cult favourite. And also, it has been viewed regularly on TV during the month of October, Halloween. Hocus Pocus is one of the more kooky Disney live-action films, and it's interesting to note that it was actually directed by Kenny Ortega, the man behind High School Musical and so many more fantastic Disney hits. Did you know, the script for Hocus Pocus was actually originally written as a Disney Channel original movie, However, it caught the eyes of a few of the bigger studio heads at Disney, and they felt it was strong enough to carry a good theatrical performance. With the incredible cast, including our special guest Larry Bagby, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker, both Hollywood legends, how could Hocus Pocus go wrong? It's fun to know that in 2008, on in a BBC interview, Bette Midler actually said that out of all of her films, Hocus Pocus was her favourite. The cool costumes and props must have been so fun to get in amongst. Imagine going to work and getting to, well, carve a word 
into the back of your hair. That's what Larry's character Ice did. And there was no way that you couldn't fall in love with Halloween while working on Hocus Pocus. With awesome spells and cheeky witches, and even zombies, what's not to love about Halloween? I remember seeing the film for the first time as a little girl and thinking how much fun it would be to be surrounded by magic and that it was so fantastic that Disney could bring that all to life. It's funny to think that it's all a bunch of hocus pocus, as the film's tagline reads. Outside of Disney, Larry has had an incredible career and there are definitely no signs of slowing down. Recently, he has worked alongside Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon playing the character of Marshall Grant in the hit Walk the Lion, a film that has definitely received many high accolades. Also, he played the key role of Sheryl Hendrick in the very successful independent film Saints and Soldiers. More than just a film actor, Larry has appeared in TV shows including The Young and the Restless and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Most recently, though, his role as Flask alongside Danny Glover in Age of the Dragons really represents his all-American persona. Off-screen, Larry is a passionate musician. His music really reaches out to every audience. His country music style is so unique, and he is a gifted and talented songwriter and performer. We have heard his music in a lot of successful movies, including the number one box office hit, The Day the Earth Stood Still. And he also played the title track in The Breakup Artist. Larry has also worked alongside Tim McCraw. Larry has worked with such a huge range of talented artists, a true credit to his musical gift. Along with Tim McCraw, he has worked with Johnny Cash's original band, The Tennessee Three, all the way to current artists Lady Antebellum and Tyler Hilton. He is also open for a number of acts, including Colin Ray, Joe Diffie, Glenn Campbell, Restless Hearts. So, it's without question that Larry has been featured in a number of music magazines, including Country Weekly magazine, and he is busy performing all across America. You can imagine that all these talents make Larry a rather in-demand live entertainer. Disney is lucky to have him as part of the family. Born as Lawrence Bagby III in Marysville, California, Larry's father was a member of a dance band. So it's clear that the talent really is part of Larry's personality. As a little kid, Larry would even get up on stage and entertain with his dad. You could say that his role in Disney's Hocus Pocus started Larry's career in the best possible way. It's not every day that a star breaks into the industry alongside Bette Midler. The opportunity must have felt amazing. Larry once said that he entered the Hollywood realm of movie stardom as a 12-year-old boy when his parents signed him up with a Hollywood film studio. Larry took the decision of which roles to take very seriously. He once said that it was a fine line in many areas of the entertainment business and that you have to figure out by yourself what you will and what you will not do. So Larry is a really strong and independent personality and believes in sharing his talent. It was only in 2005 that Larry released his first album. It's titled Where I Stand. 
and then a second album in 2007 called On the Radio. His success never stops. It is clear why Disney saw a star in Larry. Like most Disney family members, Larry's work goes outside the entertainment industry. As he served a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints in Cordoba, Argentina, with a heart as big as his talent, Larry Bagby is an incredible Disney lover. So, Larry Bagby, thank you for all your hard work. Disney wouldn't be what it is today without your talent. Oh, must be Cruella. Your dearly devoted old schoolmate, Cruella de Vil. That's it. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Oh, to Roger! To see her is to take a sudden chill. <gasps> Cruella, Cruella. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. Roger, Look she'll hear you. Cruella de Vil. At first you think Cruella is a devil, but after time has worn away the shock, you come to realize you've seen her kind of eyes watching you from underneath a rock. You're no help, Roger. This vampire Raj. bat, this inhuman beast, she ought to be locked up. And never released. The world was such a wholesome place until Cruella, Cruella Deville. Attention, all listeners! Attention, all listeners! Ajax, the terrible gorilla, has just escaped from the city zoo. Be on the lookout. This animal is a killer. And that is all. Brackenridge. <laughs> Disguises a horribly hideous costume will do. Better be wary, be spooky and scary. I'll bounce from the shadows and boo. I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The thrilling and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy. Beware, I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. Unspeakable, spookables, awful, unlookables, galloping ghosties and goblins galore. What if they find you? Oh, look out behind you! A terrible tiger-type roar. That would be me. I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy. Beware of twitching and itching to scare myself. Now, tiggers, I figure, make scares even bigger. They dress up and scream, "Who am I?" Can you guess? And tricks always happen when ghosts are a flapping, and tricks are what tiggers like best. I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy. Beware of twitching and itching to scare myself. <laughs> And who better? Oh, by the way, Boo. Hey, everybody out there, it's me, Tigger, aka 
Jim Cummings, but don't tell anybody. And you are listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> Paul! Who are you? Max. You just moved here. From where? Los Angeles. L.A. Oh, dude! Tubular. I'm Jay. This is Ernie. How many times I gotta tell you? My name ain't Ernie no more. It's Ice. This is ice. So, let's have a butt. Ah, uh, no thanks, I don't smoke. They're very health conscious in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> you got any cash? Hollywood? No. Gee, we don't get any smokes from you. We don't get any cash. What am I supposed to do with my afternoon? Maybe you could learn to breathe through your nose. <laughs> Whoa! Check out the new cross trainers. Cool. Let me try them on. Camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! All right, all of you D-heads, as we continue with the magic, the memories from your lifetime of Disney, as we prepare for the fall, Halloween, and the spookiness of the holiday, this week we're going to bring you into the fall, Halloween, as we keep you warm by the ocean as well, and you have your feet just sitting there dangling, and we have the Malibu California Cowboy from the south of California, but you may also know him from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Walk the Line, and the cult Disney classic, Hocus Pocus, as Ernie a.k.a. Ice. Yes, we have the one and only Larry Bagby here with us this week at Disney On Demand. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. That's good to be here. I consider myself a fall kind of guy. I fall, I fall for everything, you know? I really do. I, do, I love the fall, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Seems like I, I, I think it's because, I, you know, I'm, I'm from Southern California, and, and the weather is just it's perfect in the fall. It's cool breeze, you know. You got that crisp, kind of crisp air, but it's it's still, you know, stays in the seventies. So it's a pretty amazing time here. Of course, it's very beautiful. Uh, I, I guess the colors. I have to say, like when we shot Hocus Pocus, those all the fall colors were unbelievable. I'd never been back east before, so I was totally my mind was opened up to what all these colors that happen all over the, the rest of the world during that season. Right. You know, and, you know, I'm from the Midwest. So for me, you know, all the colors of Hocus Pocus and all the trees and the leaves and all that kind of fun stuff, you know, that's right up my alley since I am in the Midwest. Although I am a beach boy at heart and uh, head down to Florida and the Keys as much as possible. But I guess second way right away into Hocus Pocus, I guess we might as well just jump right into that. And all of our Disney listeners who, you know, love that. It's a cult classic recently released on Blu-ray. Um, you know, you play Ice, which... 
I guess I have to say is one of the uh, funniest characters in there because you got your bullies, yet at the same time you have this slapstick humor. I guess how was it when you were approached at this? You know, I guess you know, considering your age, being on set with these veterans like Bette Midler, uh, you know, I guess how was it? And uh, I guess being part of uh, a Disney live action film that now has such a cult following. Well, you know, it it was the most exciting event of my life to date you know um at that time it was the biggest movie that i've ever i'd ever booked um and i had started acting when i was about 12 years old so um i was uh, almost 18 when i when i booked hocus pocus maybe 17 and um kenny ortega as you know um he directed the film and um i just remember you know they went all over the place looking for uh, for casting, you know, the roles in Hocus Pocus. And I know they went to New York and Chicago, like all the major cities, Los Angeles. I think they, were, they even went to Florida. There's a lot of Disney stuff that comes out of there. Um, but it was so exciting to to have booked this job. And I remember the it was the callback. They had me and Tobias, who, who played Jay, um, who was phenomenal. And him and I just hit it off. And the way that we played off each other was really, I think, what really what really helped us both book the role. We just we had a lot of fun with it, and we had to audition. And Thor they had already cast, and so it was us, you know, just kind of getting to to work with the with the other actors and the, the callbacks. And um, man, it was it was so exciting. It was like um, I, I just couldn't believe I booked the movie with you know Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. And Kathy made Jimmy, and I was like, I was getting to go, you know, it was this big Disney film, and I was getting to go to Massachusetts to film it, and um, it was at that time, I guess, the most exciting and the biggest movie that I had ever worked on as of as of that time. So it kind of opened up my film career at that point. But yeah, it was it was uh, one of the, one of the most exciting times of my life for sure. Well, I mean, and it's one of those films where I think, uh, you know, now, uh, you know, there's so many people that have grown up with that film, and there's not enough, I guess, family-friendly Halloween films out there, and I love Halloween myself, and it's the kind of thing where you look back now, and, you know, of course, there's always the hokey part of it, there's the fun part of it, but... There's something that's just enduring of that film that, you know, I mean, I show it to my my children and my six-year-old just loves it. And mind you, she thinks it's funny that you have, uh, you know, your name shaved in your hair. So she just thinks that's hilarious. (laughs) I got a story. I got a funny story about that. I got a few funny stories about that. Uh, And thank you. And thank you, kids, for uh, for being fans because it it really – it was one of those movies that – I think at the time didn't didn't get really advertised the way it could it could have been, and um, Kenny Ortega had I think a three picture deal with Disney, and he had done Newsies, which I loved. I was a huge fan of Newsies, but they didn't really you know uh, promote it all that well. And then Hocus Pocus was the next film he did, which was brilliant, and they didn't promote that all that well. It was it was up against Jurassic Park. Um, I think it was the second Jurassic Park. Uh, it may have been the first, but it, but it was up against some big movies. But anyway, I I, I remember that when they told me I was going to play the role of Ice, they they wanted me to have my, my the word Ice shaven in the back of my head, 
and and I had to go to this lady, and I remember it was down off of Wilshire and Sixth, and it was this barber this barber salon, and and she she was uh, used to like shaving names for rappers, you know, and here I am this wannabe rapper, you know, this kind of heavy set seventeen uh, year old white dude. <laughs> coming into the salon, acting like a homie for the moment, and uh, and she shaved the word ice literally in the back of my head. And I'm a religious man, and um, you know I served the mission for my church. I grew I grew up uh, in the Mormon church, and um, I'm still active in that. And I had to go to church with this shave in the back of my head. And you don't you know you don't really wear hats to church, so you can't wear a hat to cover it. And there was nothing I could do to really fill it in. So I had so many rumors flying around church that I'd gone off the deep end. And <laughs> there was something today, like I think old Bagby, the bishop's son is really, he's really gone uh, south. He's got the word eye shaped in the back of his head. So um, it was interesting trying to deal with that, but it was well worth it. And, you know, we, we shot over a period of, I think it was five months. And I had to go back and forth, so, you know, of course, her girl's in pretty quick. And so I had to keep going back to have the ice reshaven in the back of my head to, make, to keep it nice and, and consistent, you know. But um, what a trip, man. And I, I always joke that one of these years I'm going to, I'm gonna because Hocus Pocus is, is like, it's like become a cult classic, and now I feel like you could actually, <clears throat> I could go out and people, I have people recognize me now. For that movie, and I've done other movies since. I was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and um, and then and then more recently in Walk the Line, and and I still, it's like people can look at my face, even though I look different. And I was a lot younger. They're they're just such big fans of that movie that they're when they find out that that I was in the movie, or they just recognize me and they remember where from, they freak out and they're just thrilled to meet. Ice from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what you need to do. Shave it in your hair, and uh, you know, hand out trick or treat candy to the trick or treaters that way. I know my, my, uh, Tobias and I were actually we're still friends. We reconnected a couple years ago, and we were talking about just you know going out there and trying to get into the Hollywood parties, and and I would go have the word ice shaved in the back of my head and be like, I was in Hocus Pocus. Why can't I get into this party? <laughs> And then, and then me having second thoughts, so I go in to get my hair shaved, and I, and instead of Larry, I decide, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put ice, but then they've already put the L, and then they begin to do the ice, so then I have the word lice shaved in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways that you could go about that that I think so many of your fans would probably pick up on too. Well, I I I, I want to say thank you to all of the fans of Hocus Pocus and. And for Kenny Ortega and Thora Birch and Omri Katz and Vanessa Shaw and Tobias Jelenic and, um, man, Bette Miller, of course, and Kathy and Jimmy, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, and um, I'm forgetting Billy, uh, the role of Billy, who was played by Doug... Doug, um, Doug Jones, yes. Doug Jones, and I know Doug. I'm sorry, Doug, I forgot your name for a moment, but I'm thinking Billy... Uh, is it uh, Binks, uh, Billy, Billy Butcherson? I was going to say Doug Butcherson. 
<laughs> right, and Doug's a fantastic guy. I've uh, interviewed him many times over the years, and right now he's actually in Canada. So we were trying to get him on the same show as you, and he's in Canada filming a series now. Oh, good for him. Man, he's always working, and I love Doug. He's a genuine, kind soul, you know. He lived up, I think he lives up in the Valencia area. You know, I've lived there before, and we connected on a few times just at the, the store or something. It was a very random visit. Um, but but again, that movie, like you said, it just has this this beautiful family, but it's got this Halloween spirit, and it's kind of like the Goonies of my generation. That was the movie that just that just I I still it just it's just one of those cozy movies. I think that's the word to describe it. A very fall cozy film, and and uh, all of the people involved really made that film. Like it's just a classic, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful to have been a part of it because it's turned into a gem for all of us. I still, you know, I still get residual checks for that. <laughs> that never hurts as well, right? <laughs> no, that way I can keep paying for my barber uh, ice for the ice in the back of my head. <laughs> well, like you said, aside from Hocus Pocus, you know, um, not just that, but like you said, you've been on so many other things, and people that are your fans know, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, fantastic series, and also Walk the Line, um, you know, which brings us into Johnny Cash, some fantastic music, I guess. Before we get into the music aspect of it, um, how was it to be part of Walk the Line? I mean, really, it's, I have to say, it's one of the best Cash movies I have ever seen, if any. Oh, thank you. Um Again, it was one of those, those films. I think, um, you know, there's certain roles in your life where, uh, you know, the, where you just know that that was something that was supposed to be a part of your life. Hocus Pocus was, was one of those um, because, you know, I ended up working with Kenny Ortega. Um, and then years later, I was a huge, huge fan of Michael Jackson and, uh, we reconnected because I ran into his assistant, and I and his sister sings country music. She's a wonderful country music singer. And, uh, she goes by Deborah Lee as a country singer. But we ran into each other, and between her assistant and Deborah, Jenny's sister, I got invited to go to the Michael Jackson This Is It premiere. So here I am, you know, I, I, I didn't get to meet Michael Jackson, but I swear it was just days from happening. And then, you know, we got the news that he passed away, which was just shocking, you know. And I, I, but just to get to go to the premiere and I feel like this full circle of, and I don't think Kenny and I are done working together. I think because of my music and love for dance and choreography and, you know, movement that eventually, you know, I would love to have Kenny direct something I'm in that's, you know, my own music kind of to film. And um, I, I have a feeling we'll reconnect again. But you know, he was gracious enough to invite me out, and what a what a nice person and, and kind soul he is. And I, I know that was so hard on him that you know going through that whole Michael Jackson phenomenon, the thing. But that they captured that on video that we have, you know, at least a documentary to watch of his final days was a really cool thing. But um, anyway, getting back to Walk the Land, a little sidetrack on that. Um, I guess you could say I crossed the line, and I'm back. I'm walking the line again. Um, the Johnny Cash thing for me, again, was another one of those experiences that I grew up on Elvis, and Sun Studios was like all, all I loved the whole experience. I had Jerry Lee Lewis and 
Roy Augustine posters and all all the guys that came out of of uh, of Sun Studios, except for Johnny Cash. I just didn't ever get introduced to him. Um, I knew a little bit about him, but I got this audition through my agents, Coast to Coast, who I, I still love very much that they, they got me the job. And my, my manager at the time was Susan Curtis, who, um, who reps uh, Mila Kunis and Hillary Duff. And anyway, she, she worked really hard at getting me, um, you know, into these auditions. And I go in for the walk the line and I'm auditioning for T-Bone Burnett. And for those that don't know who T-Bone Burnett is, he, he's the man that put all of the music together. He also did Brother Where Art Thou, uh, Cold Mountain, but just, you know, also worked in, in, in producing amazing acts, um, you know, with Roy Orbison and John Cash and all these people along the way. Um, but anyway, to get to audition for him, they were really looking for um, – real players, you know, they wanted to make sure that we understood and we had the heart and the soul of the music first. It wasn't about the acting until we passed the music audition. And I went in there and I did, um, I did Blue Suede Shoes. Hey, that's one for the morning. I think it's, yeah, I'll play a little bit of it. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. If you get raining out, don't take go, but don't you save all my blue sweat shoes. You can do it faithfully, open my blue sweat shoes. So I did a little bit of Elvis because I heard there was an Elvis roll. And I think I, I think I wowed them with my Elvis. And then I, I didn't know any Johnny Cash tunes, but I had written the words of Ring of Fire on my hand so I could get through the audition. <laughs> so I did really, that's it, really, love is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring. Put my hand over, bound <laughs> by wild desires. I fell into a ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. Of course, I can't sing as well as Johnny Cash, but. Anyway, they, they really liked it, but I didn't hear from them for a couple of weeks, so I thought I didn't book the job. And um, two weeks later, I get a call just when I thought it was over, and they said, we would like to consider you for the role of Marshall Grant or Carl Perkins. We'd like you to come in and meet Jim Mangold and Kathy to do uh, an audition for the acting portion. So I went in and I read, and, um, and, and I got a call a few days later that, I had booked the role of Marshall Grant, Johnny Cash's best friend and bass player. And they said, do you, do you play bass? And I said, yes. And then I hung up the phone and I called the, the local music store and asked them if they could te teach me some bass lessons. Because <laughs> I did not play bass uh, at the time. Uh, I played some guitar, but I figured uh, how hard is it, right? It was, it was not easy. I, I was in for more than I expected, but we learned as well as we could, and it was part of the process. 
Right, you know, and you did a fantastic job in the role, and that movie is so memorable, working with such a great cast, and like you said, it's Johnny Cash, and he's one of the, uh, you know, the icons, especially, you know, you hit up Nashville and that whole area, and you got the Ryman Theater, and so much history, and Johnny Cash is behind it all, and, uh, you know, I just, this week alone, I was revisiting the old miniseries, North and, North and South, and Johnny Cash even has cameos in that film, so he's everywhere, he, he's everywhere. Yeah, and he was just an amazing icon, uh, um, and a good, good-hearted man. You know, I know he had a battle. Obviously, what you see in the movie, most of these musicians do battle with drugs and the women and and fidelity and things. But um, he had such a big heart. And one thing I've learned in all of these legends, you know, that 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 still live on, is it was their great big spirits in their hearts. And they were givers, you know, and they, they gave everything and anything they could. I mean, even Michael Jackson was just, one. Of the, you know, he had the most charities of anyone, gave the most money of anybody, uh, any celebrity ever. Um, and, you know, these guys, these guys are icons, and I, I just feel honored that I get to, to play a little role in, you know, in helping, I guess, keep this, country music history alive and um you know and even marshall grant like without marshall and luther and ws holland uh the tennessee three that that john cash sound would not have been the same definitely you know and like you said it's just he's an icon and you know you got a chance to work on that and be in that kind of an iconic role and also like i said before you also got to be part of buffy the vampire slayer which has its own cult following um you know that is just beyond belief if anyone has ever been to a comic-con or anything like that trust me buffy is never going away um how was it to be part of that franchise just because it is i guess such television cult history i mean it's it's one of those things that was a movie to become a television show that rumor has it is becoming a movie again wow yeah i i i wouldn't be surprised and i would love to see that um hopefully i'll get to be a part of it <laughs> but if not i'll go see it anyway um no you know it's it it, it, it is amazing and that's another one of those projects that i just i got cast and, you know, you hear these auditions, and at the time it was just, I remember the movie with Luke Perry and Christy Swanson, and and I think Pee Wee Herman's in that, right? <laughs> Paul. But um, it wasn't, you know, it, it was like, I guess it just wasn't made exactly what, you know, Joss sold the script and then someone else directed it. So he, he just did, you know, the vision wasn't quite there, so then he came back and, turned it, you know, into a TV series that that jumps from one network to another and, and it stayed alive. And I just, you know, I went in and, and this was another one of those roles that I literally had my name written on it because the name of the character was Larry. And it was at the top of the script. And I thought, I, first thing I said was, this role is obviously for me because my name's written on the top. You know, so I, I got a little chuckle and then, I carried on, and I, you know, I can play the jock. I've been, I played the jock so many times. I'd never played gay jock until that point. Um, but, but the first episode was not about that. The first episode was just a jock. It, I was in, the, and here's another fall thing. I was in the Halloween episode. It was the first episode I'd done. So there's something about the fall and me. <laughs> and I don't know if it's the way, Mikey, but 
my coloring, I, even when I did walk the line, the costume uh, Ariel was just phenomenal. She's an amazing costume designer. And she said, you're a fall guy. Those are your colors. So I said, okay, I'm a fall guy. Um, so anyway, we we went in and, and I did this first episode. And and then a, a couple of months later, I got a call. And I guess he had just had written another role for a football player who they think is a football player, but he's got another secret. They, you know, they think he's a werewolf and he's got a deeper, darker secret that he's gay. And he asked me if I'd be willing to play this role because they liked what I did with the other episode. And um, he knew, of, you know, my religious background, so he was being respectful, and um, and I really appreciate that. And and I thought that the way that the role unfolded, it wasn't didn't put me in an uncomfortable position. I thought it was really well written, and he's such a brilliant writer. Um, one of the things with Joss is the script supervisor, who now has been on NCIS um, since that show's been on, so she just jumped from one show to the next. She's a great supervisor. Um, she was in charge of making sure that every line was said exactly the way it was written. Joss did not want any lines even twisted. You know, some actors do their own thing with it. Well, he was just so phenomenal with the way he got his characters that every word was almost, it was like a comic book. It just needed to be said in the way it was a rhythm. It's like music. It just had a flow. So if we messed up, we had to go back and say it, you know, exactly the way it was written. But I really respect Joss as a, as a, as a screenwriter and a director. He directed several episodes and um, I'm, I was proud to be a part of that and Thank you to all the Buffy fans out there. I still run into them. Even uh, even even people that are working in the industry as directors and producers, they're fans of Buffy. And so they've got, you know, Buffy's continued to get me work, even, I think, recently on NCIS, which um, I just did a guest star on that, which will be airing October 2nd. Coming up, Is another another fall uh, another fall lineup for you. Another fall thing, man, and I yeah, you know, here we are, and we're doing our interview in the fall. Just days, you know, if we would have done the interview when we when we talked about it, it would have been summer. But now it's fall, so we can do it. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of uh, a summer, getting away from fall, you know, as you put it, you're the Malibu, California cowboy from South California. And, you know, uh, like we've already talked before we, uh, you know, started the interview, uh, you know, I love your style of music. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, hopefully we can play a song here, um, you know, for our listeners later on in the show and that. But, uh, uh, you know, I've kind of branded it as country meets trap rock. I know you uh, have another way of explaining and it's so for everybody that uh, doesn't know that you're this singer songwriter kind of person um, might I add my my favorite track so far that you've let me listen to is it's only life but uh, you know I guess how do you want to introduce that to all of our listeners out there uh, you know are you this background of yours and uh, an upcoming album as well well thank you yeah you know you described it really well I think you know that's why we need people like you to yeah, sometimes as artists, we don't even know how to describe what we do. <laughs> but it is, it is definitely got, um, and this sound has been developed over time. I, since Walk the Line, I, um, and I guess many people kind of wonder where, where I went. And, um, I haven't, I haven't gone anywhere. I just, I just became very infected by the music and, felt like Walk the Line was my opportunity to come back to what, 
what it is I truly love, which is writing and singing and performing. I'm an entertainer, and I love I love character. Don't get me wrong; I love to act, and it's a challenge, and and I enjoy it. But you know, I'm not writing it, and it's not in particularly my views or my thoughts. I'm just portraying um, another's ideas or a director's vision. But when I do my music, I'm able to, you know, I write from the heart, and uh, you know, I'm this. I've got this kind of country vibe. And I think more that's more my voice and the way I look. I play a lot of like southern kind of boys, you know, kind of southern gentlemen, you know. But it's just the essence. So I describe it in the song I, I wrote, and it's taken me years to kind of come up with my, I guess, my own style or sound. And I'm sure I'm still developing. But it's been since 2003 when I started playing music again. Um, and taking it more seriously, and here we are in 2012. So I've I've definitely been working hard just at the music, and I've kind of come to this sound of uh, I call country by the sea, and it's not just the ocean, but it, it actually stands for capital C, which can be so many things. For me, it's the center, the core. Um, I'm a religious man, so it means Christ, and and kind of just looking to the higher source and, and or the higher self for those that, that, that look at it that way. But I uh, I kind of just kind of created this, I guess, this vibe. It's almost this Jimmy Buffett kind of feeling, but, um, you know, on the Southern California side, I'm, I'm not in Florida. I'm over here in the south of California near Bakersfield. So it's got some remnants of old country meets, you know, uh, the 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 new uh, us, the internet world we live in. Technology meets old country, I guess. How about how about this? We'll call it Tropic California music. <laughs> there you go, a brand new brand new genre of music right there. There it is. But you just not well. It is the the kind of laid back thing. And uh, I love the Eagles. I love the Beatles. I love harmonies. I love the Beach Boys. I love. You know, it's kind of like, as you said, the Malibu Cowboy is something that I've kind of created as an AKA and, I'd, you know, eventually like to make, have my own TV show that kind of describes this character who's been all over the place looking, you know, I wear a cowboy hat, designer jeans, you know. <laughs> I'm a little bit Hollywood hillbaggy, I guess you could say. Right, you know, but the music too. I mean, besides just having a style or a genre or things like that, um, you know, the lyrics behind it and things like that, it really has a you know a good vibe. It's well written, and I myself am a very lyric person. When I listen to music, yes, I like catchy notes and I like tunes and I like the riffs and the segues. But for me, in the end, it's the lyrics, and uh, you know, there's just something about the lyrics and the tracks that I've had a chance to preview that I just really enjoy. I mean, it's the kind of thing where it hits home. You're listening to it, but at the same time, you're you're kind of relaxing as you're listening to it too, so you're kind of hitting everything right there. Thank you, Jonathan. That's that's very very kind of you. The lyric is very important to me. It hasn't always been until I really started writing music. <laughs> I understand. It, you know, my goal is to match. You know, what it is I'm playing, and try to say it in a way that that matches the sound. You know, and and I think um, it's difficult sometimes. I'll, 
I don't know that I've written the perfect song, but I, you know, uh, it's genuine. You know, it's from my heart. I'm not trying to be anything I'm not, and I think I think that's what country music is, and that's why I fall into this country category because it's you know maybe three little maybe more than three chords in the truth, like Johnny Cash said. Brad Daisley, you know, recently I read his, his book, The Diaries of a Player, and I really come to respect what he's all about, but he pays tribute to the secret to country music is uh, the truth. Right, you know, and you know, you recently, I, like myself, I actually just recently took a trip to Nashville. Um, you actually had a chance to go there as well, so it is about the music. You had a chance to visit the Grand Ole Opry and things like that as well, correct? And, and you know, I, I guess, how was that, uh, you know, for you being an artist and a musician? Well, what's interesting about that, I guess I don't want to lie because I just said country about the truth. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I, I, I ended up missing because of the delay from Houston. The flight got in late, and I missed the Grand Ole Opry show because I didn't get in in time. But I had been there once before. I was going to get the opportunity to go backstage and meet um, uh, one of the guys that plays with uh, with all the players there. He's a phenomenal uh, guitar player and plays any string instrument. Um, and um, Michael Spriggs is his name. And I wasn't able to meet him this time around, but I have been to the Opry once. And I saw Lori Morgan and, you know, little Jimmy Dickens, of course. And it was just, it was amazing just how powerful this little, this little theater in the history. And, of course, when I was in Nashville, I had to go down to Broadway which is where all the musicians play. And I've been there so many times now that I actually know a lot of the musicians that play the streets. So I usually get up and sing a song with them because uh, they, they recognize me you know, from Walk the Line or we talked over the years. But it's just it's phenomenal, man. And there's just so many great players out there. And you feel like you you just walked into some crazy movie where there's music in, in literally like 20 bars all at the same time. It's amazing. Right, you know, and walking up and down Broadway like that, it is amazing. I mean, when I was there, uh, you know, I took the tours up and down Broadway, popping my head in, the live music. Of course, me personally, I had to stop at Margaritaville and get myself a, a good margarita and a burger. Um, and they just added, they just added that, right? Because that was, I actually got to play in Key West, the original, and uh, where, where they have like, I guess for Jimmy Buffett, but there's like they even have like a little condo built for the players that come in. They'll play for like a week at a time. But um, but yeah, Margaritaville. I think that's fairly new in Nashville. I believe so. Just a couple of years, if that. Um, you know, it, but there's a lot of great things. Yeah, but it's great. It's a great vibe. I, I love it, and I've been to the one in Vegas too. Yeah, I mean, it has a good vibe. And then, you know, the Country Music Hall of Fame there, um, which the architecture from the outside is is just phenomenal in itself. If anybody is listening, just Google it and check it out. I mean, uh, the architecture of it with the keyboards and, and, and everything to make it look like a musical instrument is phenomenal. So I guess I uh, come in full circle back to you, you know, and your music. Um, you know, you do have an album in the works. Uh, when can any of our listeners hopefully be able to, uh, you know, do a search on that, get a digital download, an actual CD, or whatnot? Yeah, um, well, I have I have a couple of albums out online. Um, the last one I did is called Player with a Heart, and um, that one's got, I actually ended up putting like 20-something tracks on it because I wasn't sure how I wanted to release it. 
and I think because of the internet age, you know, I may just end up releasing a single at a time and just pushing it uh, virally for a while. But um, you should be able to um, at least at least go you know to my website marybagby.com or Reverb Nation or CD Baby. I, I'm also on iTunes. You just look up my name, Larry Bagby Music, or in Google search, you'll find several albums out there. Um, I've, I've just been doing my own albums, and uh, this next one that I'm I'm going to release, um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of, uh, you know, that, that whole kind of summery kind of feeling. So since we kind of missed this summer release, we may wait until just before summer next year to release these tunes. But, but, but I've got so many tunes that we might release something in the fall here because... I, I just have been recording so much. We've got probably 30 tracks to choose from. So um, I love music, and um, I've been working with this phenomenal producer, Don Cromwell, who is in Air Supply. For those that uh, remember Air Supply, your parents may remember that, you Hocus Pocus fans. Um, but also Eddie Money, Two Tickets to Paradise. Uh, Don worked with Eddie and I was just on his radio show he started a couple weeks ago, DC Live, which is uh, an internet broadcast that you can go to DC Live um, and you can Google that. And it's a radio show and download our podcast from last week. It was last uh, Tuesday. So anyway, um, Don's been producing. He's written some songs and brought some songs to me that, you know, I'm a songwriter, but every, every once in a while you meet, you, you meet uh, a great song and you feel like you can sing it because you've been through it. And that's what Don brought to me, probably about a half dozen songs that just blew me away and we recorded. And so between that and then my songs like Dream It Away, you know, the It's Only Life one that I sent you, Country by the Sea, Malibu's, I have a song called Malibu's. It's kind of that whole, uh, you know, the dilemma of where do I go on this kind of, Lost California cowboy. Where a cowboy happened, I don't ride a horse, <laughs> um, but I but I have a you know an old mentality. I like I like old country, but you know I like technology too. Right, you know it's uh, it's always that one foot in the past, one foot in the future, which is going to lead me to my next question with you is uh, you know where else can anybody see you in upcoming episodes? You did say uh, you know we will be able to see you on the small screen October second, um, but do you have anything else in the works that you're able to hint on to us, or are we just going to have to keep our eyes and ears out for you? Um, you know, I always I always say there's there's a lot of movies that I've done that. Um, that, that maybe people don't know. Uh, I did uh, quite a few independent films in, you know, this last, I guess, 10 years, you know, from since Walk the Line, uh, just to kind of keep things interesting and, and to keep my chops up as an actor and, and getting to work with some, some really cool directors. I worked on a movie called Saints and Soldiers that uh, has been a, a real blessing in disguise because we ended up being producers on that. And it's, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you like war movies, or you just like a good story, it, pick it up. It's on Netflix. You can also watch it on Hulu. But it's called Saints and Soldiers. And I did that uh, right before Walk the Line. But it continues to, to be one of those movies. It won over 15 uh, film festivals and got nominated for Spirit Awards. And... Uh, and then, and then I did a bunch of movies uh, because of that movie through some of these um, 
directors, um, like Mormon filmmakers that did some really kind of fun films. I did one called Pirates of the Great Salt Lake, where I played a really interesting pirate. <laughs> um, uh, another Halloween kind of feeling, because I'm dressed like a pirate, but I'm really, I really think I'm a pirate. Um, and, uh, and then a movie called Believe, which is about multi-level marketing, kind of a parody on that. Um, if you just check out IMDB, Internet Movie Database, you can see them in, and then, uh, like, uh, Jonathan said on the small screen, I'll be on NCIS, which is, uh, I'll be in the second episode of the season, which airs October 2nd, coming up. And I play uh, ex-military and being accused uh, for murder. <laughs> well, you wouldn't expect anything less on NCIS. That's right. Here you go, the good guy or the bad guy. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we're going to be able to see you. Like you said, done a lot of independent, small screen, big screen. I mean, your your face is everywhere. And like you said, uh, people that are Hocus Pocus fans, they always pretty much notice you. You know, they they recognize your face. And I guess come in full circle, um, you know, as we uh, kind of slow things down here and wrap it up. Uh, you know, when it comes back to, you know, being the fall guy and your entire career and everything you've done um, since it is you know, Halloween season, you said you're a fall guy. Do you have one particular Halloween memory to date uh, that you'd like to share with us? Thank you. I, I love Halloween. Like, uh, like you mentioned, it's one of my favorite holidays. I love it because it's, you know, just the whole, there's the mystery and the costumes. And of course there's all the hot chicks that get dressed up. That's always fun. But, um, it, I think one of my favorite memories is uh, <laughs> me and my cousin and my brother. We, were, we used to set up little haunted houses, and we just had we had this year where we set up such a cool haunted house, and we were kind of doing what they do at Knox Scary Farm, and we were just kind of like we were set up in the house, spread out, and just scaring people. <laughs> you know, in costume, whether we were sitting in the in the chair with the bowl, acting like we were a scarecrow. And then when they went to grab too many candies, we'd grab their hands and say, no. But it, that was always fun. And then, you know, sometimes we'd tape, we, we would tape, you know, the reactions and just watch what, you know, scare people were. But, but, but that, I guess that was probably the, the, the fondest memory and just, just going out. And, and of course, then a hocus pocus that year that, that it was released. And then being able to go around Halloween, we were able to, it was released in August, but then, that Halloween, we went and, and it was still in the theaters, in some theaters, and we went and watched it. And, and then just to be a part of, like, the Halloween holiday because of the movie and people associate me just like with the Johnny Cash thing, that in itself is the greatest Halloween memory ever. Very cool. You know, so it's there's a lot of great things, a lot of great memories. You've had a, a blessed career. As you said, you know, you always put it in the hands of God, and it is uh, it, it does make you feel blessed. And, you know, it was our pleasure having you on. And all of our listeners, they can always find out more about you, like you said, at IMDB. They can always check out your official website at LarryBagby.com. We'll link everybody to it as well. And, you know, I have to say... I'm going to my, my like page, too, if you guys don't mind, on my Facebook, the Larry Bagby, the Larry Bagby Music page, and hit that like button, because we're, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to build that, and a lot of people don't know that I'm doing music, but we're kind of getting have some bigger promotions coming up, hopefully. Well, right, and you're a talented uh, musician, so, you know, hopefully we can get that word out for you. Thank you. Yeah, please spread the word. I, that's where I've been. I've been uh, working hard at 
writing music and, and hopefully music that um, that people will will enjoy and can uplift them and inspire them to want to do something better or or just do something with their lives. Right, you know, just it's something to you know. I guess if you can connect to the music and you can connect to the listener as the musician, you've done your job. Exactly, that moves them in some way, and I hope to do it in a positive way. And uh, that's what uh, this next album is is called. It's called uh, Dream It Away, and it's really just about escaping, you know, to that digital desktop display and. You know, going to that place and making your dreams really come true, which is what Disney is all about. Oh, definitely. You know, and it's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, you're going to hit it on the right note and, and really enjoy it. I know I've enjoyed the music that I've heard from you so far, and, you know, it just takes you to that place where, you know, when I'm sitting in front of a, a computer screen all day, let me tell you, the tunes that I was playing by you were pretty relaxing, and, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the line. It, it really was. It was right up my alley. It was a little, it was a little surprise when I uh, downloaded those from you, and I'm like, wow, all right, this is, this is good stuff. Thank you. Can I, can I leave you with, uh, with a little It's Only Live? All right, this would be live here for you, for you, all you listeners. And thanks, Jonathan, for, for keeping the, the great Disney movies alive. And um, I think that's, it's really important. That's what you said. Is, it's, it, it, is, it is from our generation to the next is to, to keep the classic things alive and let people know where this great work comes from. And that's what I want to do in country music. I always pay tribute to the Beatles and to Elvis and to Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Three, including Marshall Gregg, who I got to play and, and meet. And I was there at, at his side when he passed away. Um, but this is what life is all about, and it's about being tribute to the forefathers that have done great, and that's our constitution and, and all of the, the great things are freedom. We would not have this freedom or technology because of the big old dreams that came before us. Thanks to Bill Gates. And uh, it's amazing that we're able to talk to you and that the whole world gets to hear it with a click of a button. So I'll leave you with that idea and little Dream It Away song. This is called Dream It Away and it goes like this. La, 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 la.
Oh, fantastic. Enjoyed it, definitely. So thank you once again. I love that song, and I love that tune. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you do, and uh, let me know if there's anything I can do for you all. If anybody has any questions or if anyone would like an autograph sign, whatever, you just let me know, and I'm happy to do that. Thank you once again. I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. (laughs) You can't stop things I do, I ain't lying. No! No! Don't listen to them! Been 300 years, right down to the day, now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. I put a spell on you. Good joke. Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. No, man, I'm serious. You gotta have me a bunch of
When you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC-82. Confirm. Hey gang, it's Jason again. Glad you made it down here for another spooktacular time down here in the vault. I'm so happy to be able to bring this particular film up from the vault to you because it actually holds a real special spot in my heart. If it weren't for Larry Bagby coming by Disney On Demand this week, this film might not have gotten its chance to see the light of day for a long period of time. However, with its most recent Blu-ray release, it almost can't go unnoticed, and thankfully so. So without any lavishment, we're going to pull this fine film out of its archive and bring it to you. The 1993 release of the Disney Halloween classic, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus was actually released in 1993. Actually, a really good year if you think about it for the Disney Corporation in terms of movies. Speaking of last week, we had Nightmare Before Christmas. So you had something like this coming out in the latter part of the summer. Great film to be enjoyed Maybe not the right time, but still a good time for the company. And let's not forget a few animated films that came out that year either. The movie actually was written as a Disney Channel original, very similar to Halloween Town. Hocus Pocus actually started out as a Disney Channel original film, very similar to Halloween Town, which wouldn't be released until 1998. But the executives at the Walt Disney Studios saw that there would be better money made out of it as a feature film than it would have been as a Disney Channel original. Well, as the script went round, of course, casting started, and the idea to cast Bette Midler came into play, which, of course, was a wonderful idea for those of us who are Bette Midler fans, 
But of course, for the idea that she has been the golden child at that time. Of course, she brought us Down and Out in Beverly Hills, which kind of resurrected Touchdown Pictures, and then also did Beaches, which did gangbusters in the box office as well. And how can we not forget her role as Georgette in Oliver and Company? So you knew that she couldn't do any wrong. And of course, many of us remember her in her role in the lottery in the Disney MGM Studios backlot tour film. So she's had a lot of history with Disney and what a great way to kind of continue her legacy with the company. This being a Disney picture with Bette Midler would not be without music. So music plays a big role within the film. James Horner does a lot of the music within this movie and of course we know that James Horner's track record with Disney has been great. Earlier with The Rocketeer, and then later with other films that may not have been Disney, but we all know, of course, being Titanic. The other interesting tie to music comes with, surprisingly, the director of the film. The director happened to be Kenny Ortega. Now, many of you may know the name, but you know his product far better. Kenny Ortega is actually responsible for a little oh, shall we call it a series that came on the Disney Channel that kind of swept the world by storm? Something about a high school and they're dancing and they're singing. Oh, some high school musical? Something like that? Yes, Kenny Ortega did uh, is responsible for that, but is also very much responsible for, obviously, today's film. Having all these wonderful things together, what a wonderful way to make a film. So, let's go into that. Welcome to Salem, Massachusetts. And just like the postcard says, it's as beautiful as it is, with a few twists. Of course, it's got its forestry, and its nature, and a few witches. But that's beside the point. It's 1693, and we are introduced to a young girl named Emily. She's being lured into the, f to the woods, but we're un unsure why. Ah, yes, those three Sanderson sisters, Mary, Sarah, and Winifred. They're an evil band of witches who have been known to brew a few potions here and there. They've been forcing children into the woods to brew a specific potion to help them get young. Thackeray Binks, Emily's brother, notices that she's gone and chases after her. Unfortunately, he's a bit too late. The potion's been created and the spell has been cast. Thackeray does everything in his power to stop the sisters, but it's an insult that makes them stop and decides not to kill him instead curses him rather than kill him into an immortal black cat. Emily and Thackeray's parents soon come to their rescue, of course a bit too late, capture the sisters and hang them. However, before their death, Winifred casts a curse that every Halloween night when the moon is full, a virgin will summon them back from the dead and they will claim every child in Salem. Time goes on and no curse. However, 300 years later, welcome to 1993 Salem, Massachusetts, where we meet Max and Danny, two transplants to Salem from Los Angeles. On the same hand, we meet Jay and Ernie, or Ice, shall we say, played by our dear guest here on Disney On Demand, Larry Bagby. Of course, in this film, Jay and Ernie are not so nice. They're a little bit on the uh, bully side of, the, of high school, so... Because Danny is so young, Max needs to take her out trick-or-treating. Not because he wants to, because he has to. His parents are actually going to t the town hall, 
who's sponsoring a special Halloween party that night. While out trick-or-treating, Max conf is confronted by Jay and Ice once again, which upsets Danny. While trick-or-treating, they arrive in a large mansion, which happens to be the home of Allison, a certain someone's crush. Danny, not too shy of course, always expresses interest in the Sanderson sisters, and they decide to leave and go and find out the old house, which happened to be a former museum. While there, Max finds a certain object, the black flame candle, which is supposed to raise the spirits on Halloween, if lit by a virgin. Just like any teenager in disbelief, he decides to light it and the house comes alive. Candles light up, floorboards shake, things creak. It's kind of like when you turn the water pipes on in the winter for the first time, but it's actually a little scarier. It is that after everything comes to life that the three sisters rise, finally, 300 years in the making. Mary, using her special power to sniff children out, soon finds Danny. But it's Max who interrupts her quickly. He turns on the fire alarm, which he calls the burning rain of death, in the house, and soon leaves. However, before they leave, Binks arrives, now in the form of a talking cat and makes Max grab the spell book. With the book in hand, Binks leads them into the graveyard. They soon discover who he is and how he's connected. And they soon realize that the witches can't get into the cemetery. Hollow ground, of course. Because of this, Winifred summons her old lover, Billy Butcherson. Billy had a bit of a history with Winifred, but it seems that his mouth is now sewn shut, unfortunately with a dull needle, and he will never divulge Winnie's secrets. He chases them. It is now up to him to chase the kids. The sisters soon acclimate themselves into 1993 Salem and find a bus. Sarah takes the wheel and as Binks emerges from the sewer, he's hit. The kids notice the death, but also notice the resurrection. And now, since it's 300 years later, there's a new tradition going on that the sisters know nothing about. Halloween. And they're all costumed children. Confused by the, the new tradition called Halloween, it's very difficult for th everything to come together. Danny, Max, and Allison are trying to warn their parents of what's going on. The three sisters are trying to create and fulfill their destiny, and neither can make things work. As Danny and Max try to warn their parents, the sisters arrive in the town hall and begin a very large song and dance number, sung fabulously by the great Bette Midler. It is now a curse on the adults that they must dance until they die. The kids then lure the sisters into the high school, where they think they've defeated them by burning them alive. Needless to say, resurrection takes hold again, and they return once more. Winifred soon realizes that she's unable to remember the ingredients of the potion, but also remembers that she needs to do this before sunrise, or they will cease to exist. They need this potion. Max and Allison have become desperate at this point, and need to do anything they can. But no longer listening to the warnings that anything can come, good can come from the book, they decide to open it. Opening the book, of course, signals the, the sisters to their location. And on a mop, a broom, and a Hoover vacuum cleaner, here they come. The sisters invade the home, grab the book, Binks, and Danny before leaving the house. Sarah then uses her power, the power of song, to lure the children from Salem to their home. Max, in typical fashion, tricked the sisters by using the headlights of his parents' car to create sunrise. In the confusion, he frees his sister and Binks and returns to the graveyard. There they encounter Billy. 
A bit scared, but using a knife, they undo his lips, which breaks the control that Winifred had over him. The fight goes well to save Salem, but Danny soon leaves the graveyard and Winnie kicks Billy's head off, and soon we have the advantage going from the kids to the sisters once again. Bink saves Danny once again by knocking the last vial of the life-stealing potion out of Winnie's hand. Max catches it and drinks it in her place. Winnie drops Danny, picks up Max to drain his life force, but Allison, Danny, and Billy cause a distraction using Sarah and Mary, which gives Max the opportunity to knock both himself and Winifred to the ground as the two fly out of control. Winnie shakes it off and tries to seal Max's life force again, but because he's in the graveyard, she turns to stone. As the sun comes up, Mary and Sarah say their goodbyes and blow up, following soon after with Winifred, knowing that the curse is freed, that they bid Billy farewell, who returns to his grave. Danny goes looking after Bing, who died after being thrown against a rock. With the sisters now dead, the spells are all broken, which means Binks is no longer immortal. Thackeray's ghost comes and meets them and bids the children farewell, leaving with his sister. Now that all the curses have been lifted, so too have the one with the parents. Everyone emerges from town hall, sweaty, tired, and unbeknownst to them that they've been dancing all night. Jay and Ice, who'd been kidnapped earlier by the sisters, have, are still trapped in their cage, singing in boredom. However, it is the mysterious book below them that rolls his eyes, and we move on. So as you can see, it's a bit complex film for a 1993 children's witch movie. However, it still makes for a great film. Clocking in at 96 minutes, this is a great film to start showing anybody at any age during the Halloween se season. You have all sorts of wonderful aspects of a Disney film that cannot go unnoticed. Of course, you have song, you have a strong tie to, to family, friends, and history, and of course, a great deal of comedy. Once again, Disney Synergy does no wrong. We, of course, have Bette Midler in one of her starring roles. Again, as we mentioned earlier, star of Beaches and Down and Out in Beverly Hills, so she has her Disney tie, and of course we've seen her in the parks as well. Sarah Jessica Parker, of course not unfamiliar to Disney fans. Oh really? You weren't aware of that? Why, of course, she was in Flight of the Navigator, Disney's sci-fi film of the 80s. She was also to be the voice of Grace in Home on the Range, but was replaced due to other obligations. And then, of course, we have Kathy Najimy. You can do no wrong with Kathy. Most people know Kathy from the Disney classic Sister Act and Sister Act 2. Of course, her other Disney tie being Mary in Wally. -E. So with a star-studded cast as you have there, you can't go wrong. With its recent release in Blu-ray, this is a great opportunity for anyone who hasn't seen the film to actually pick it up and view it on your own. You will not be disappointed. It is 96 minutes of pure Disney family fun. Go out and try it. You never know what you're going to discover. Well, I know that I've been giving some good reviews here lately, and I have to give this film a dual rating. One, my personal rating. By far, this is a five-year movie, no holds barred. Again, Kathy Najimy, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, three fabulous women who do a wonderful job as these fright frightful witches. Perfect. On a personal scale, has to be five years. 
But when I need to get a little critical and I want to be able to steer everyone properly, I want to make sure that you understand where I'm coming from. A three ears for this film is still a good film. The only reason why I'm docking it a little bit lower is, yes, it is a little obvious that this was at one point in time to be a made-for-television movie. A lot of the script points are very low, and the humor is a little subpar. Stylistically and special effects-wise, hey, it's 1993, what do you expect? Our CG technology at the time, low to nothing. So come on, you have to give it that. But it does knock it down a bit. Kind of puts it in the cheesy factor, but still makes it a fun movie nonetheless. So if you're looking for yet another film to enjoy during this Halloween season, I suggest you hop on your Hoover vacuum cleaner and go over and purchase the new Blu-ray release of Hocus Pocus. Well, the popcorn is empty and the curtain's coming down, so it usually means it's time for a groovy movie quiz, but I'm going to again tell you that we will be extending that and bringing it back after the Halloween season. So come back to our website. Of course, that's DizRadio.com. Chat with us, or you can visit with me on Twitter at, at @JeromeFriends. Leave me a message. We'll discuss films. Or you can drop a note over at the Facebook page. Of course, that's facebook.com slash Disney Vault. You can discuss some films with me there as well. Of course, we will have to pack this film away and look forward to next week's next week's not-so-scary film. So until then, just remember, the magic of Disney's movies are always inside of you. Disney Home Video. The Sanderson Witches are flying into town. And now everyone's in for a real treat. Greedy little beggar. Winnie's the wickedest. Hello. Sarah's the sexiest. Will thou dance with me? And Mary's the hungriest. No time for sleep. They're here to have some fun and practice a little witchcraft. If they could only get it right. She did it. Hocus Pocus on Video Cassette.
Alright, all of you D-heads, I'd like to stop in one more time to thank you once again for tuning in to another spooky, scary, Halloween-filled edition here at Disney On Demand. I hope we were able to bring you a little bit of Disney Halloween fun to keep the season going in our not-so-scary Halloween editions. I'd also like to thank Larry Bagby once again for stopping in. Definitely check out his music, his all-new CD that is coming out. Check out his films with Walk the Line and also the cult Disney favorite, Hocus Pocus. Thank you once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and just helping us celebrate the Halloween season. I'd also like to thank the D-Team of Lexi, Tony, and Jason. Without the D-Team, there would be no Disney On Demand. Your segments make the show that much more magical and bring that something special to all the D-Heads out there. Thank you once again to the D-Team. And finally, all of you D-Heads, thank you for tuning in. We do the show for you, and it is you that tune in every single week that we love to hear from. So thank you once again for embracing our new kind of Disney show, our something different, and just making Disney on demand what it is. Thank you for that. So before I leave you, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney on Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website with all of our past shows, our archives, and our lifetime of Disney player at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can see our full list, past shows, archives, our current shows, as well as our Lifetime of Disney player found right there on the homepage. And once again, that's at DizRadio.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter at DisneyBlue. You can also find us on Instagram, and you can like our page on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyOnDemand. You can find us also on AOL Instant Messenger and Skype throughout the week at DisneyBlue, so we can chat with you, just chat it up, have some fun, and all the different ways to stay connected, including our Magical Memories hotline, as well as emails and more. We want to hear from you, keep it interactive, and just continue on to send those emails, those phone calls, and more. And remember, you might just hear yourself here on the show. And you can find all these links and more found on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-heads, as we continue on with our Halloween spooky-filled shows this month, we have even more next week. And I know you're wondering just who is going to be next week's guest. Well, think Maleficent. Think Cruella DeVille. Think Lady Tremaine. Yes, we have Suzanne Blakesley stopping in here at the show. Suzanne is best known for playing the roles of Maleficent, Lady Tremaine, Cruella DeVille, as well as being on Fairly Odd Parents and many other classic shows. She's a voiceover expert in the field, and she's going to be stopping in to keep it Halloween-filled. She even plays Madame Leota 
in the Haunted Mansion Holiday in Disneyland. So Suzanne is going to stop in and talk about her entire career and voicing many of these evil Disney villains. So until next week, keep it spooky, keep it scary, and uh, happy Halloween, all of you D-heads. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight when my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. Did the monster mash out from his coffin? Jack's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid, shook his fist, and said, "Hey, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the monster mash, and it's a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash." Get out of your coffins now, you one. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash. Oh, the monster mash. It's the monster mash. It's the monster mash. again. Don't be shy. You now know there's nothing to fear. So come back for Halloween next year. Happy Halloween, Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.